Blog Talk Radio. National Archives and Beyond Blog Talk Radio. This is your host, Bernice Alexander Bennett, and co-host Patricia Glover Howard. Hi, Patricia. Good evening, Bernice. Good evening. Well, everyone, Patricia will monitor the chat room and summarize your comments. A special welcome to the callers and chatters to research at the National Archives and Beyond. This show will provide individuals interested in genealogy and history an opportunity to listen, learn, and take action. Well, tonight's show will focus on the African Royal DNA Project with Ada Idaho Brown. The African Royal DNA Project is based in the United States and has a global network extending into various countries. It is designed to assist Africans in the diaspora whose ancestors were forcibly removed from the continent and opportunity to return to their families. This project is using DNA technology to test kings and queens, as well as family members living in Africa for the purpose of reconnecting them to their rightful homes. Ada, Idaho Brown, is a native of Cameroon whose family moved to the United States in 1975. In 2012, she launched Roots to Glory Tours. Roots to Glory Tours is a company dedicated to bridging the gap between the United States and Africa. So let me give a warm welcome back to Ada, Idaho Brown, to research at the National Archives and Beyond. Welcome, Ada. Thank you so much. I am so glad to be back on your show. Well, I am too. And you know what, Otto, when you were on the show before, you spoke of your DNA test results, and everyone wanted to be your relative. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, I am so I wish glad you were because mine. I want to be everybody's relative. <laughs> well, that is wonderful. So we're going to learn about the African Royal Project. So why don't you begin at the beginning? Why did the uh, why did the African Royal DNA Project 
begin, tell us the history, and kind of give us the starting point. Okay. So the African Royal DNA Project is founded by me, um, uh, Ada Nago Brown of Roots of Glory Tours, and Naja Laveau of DNA Tested African Descendants. Um, we we found uh, that a lot of people were tracing their DNA, but not truly understanding where in Africa they come. So if you trace your DNA to Cameroon, for instance, um, and you visit Cameroon, but how do we find out if what village you are from in Cameroon? So certain countries like Cameroon and Nigeria that have hundreds of different villages, we wanted to see if we can connect them back to that particular spot. Um, you know, people travel, they, you know, they feel like they want to go back to Africa, but I found that those people that want to go back to Africa, they're going for a reason. And sometimes when you go and you're going to a village and you don't really know whether or not you're connected to that village, it's a different feeling than if you go to the village and you've tested your, the DNA, um, you've proved that you are related to the people from the village, it's a completely different feeling. It's like, you know, you're home, but you're really, really, truly home. Um, so that was kind of why we decided to do this. We really, truly wanted everybody to be reconnected. A true reconnection happens when you find relatives on the continent and you can go back and visit those relatives and spend time with them. Um, it's a very simple concept, and we feel that it's a very effective way that the DNA now helps so many different people. Right. Actually, we're so fortunate that the DNA technology has grown to the point where we can actually connect with relatives. And when you speak of connecting with a relative in a specific village, it's even more exciting to just hear about this project. So tell us, Absolutely. how does it work? So first you have to uh, take an autosomal DNA test. You know, one of those companies like 23andMe, MyHeritage, we use Ancestry. Uh, when I go to those various countries, I usually take an Ancestry test. Um, or you can do FTDNA, um, you know, any of those uh, companies. And then you have to upload your, your raw data on GEDmatch, um, as we recommend everybody to do if you haven't done that yet. And then, of course, you, uh, from there, you register with, with GEDmatch, and then, um, you know, you wait a little bit. And then, and then you contact us. Um, with the, you contact us by uh, going to uh, sending out this email to Royal DNA at DNA Tested org, and we'll have this information for you. If those people that want additional information and are not sure about the process, we'll have it on the website, and maybe I'll give it to you, Bernice, that you can share with everybody and how to how to find these matches. It is truly something that is unique in that. On the, on the side of the Africans, they're anxious because they want to know. Of course, everybody wants to know. But they're more anxious and nervous because they want to make sure that, you know, their families are okay and that they know who the families are and that those families are able to come back and they're able to see them and to talk to them. And so here, when we bring the test back, 
it's similar, you know, it's very similar and that everybody is anxious to know, well, what kingdom could I be related to and what what is the history of that kingdom, for instance? Um, we were in Benin not too long ago and we tested um, the kingdom of Alada, which was part of the kingdoms of the Dahomey kingdom. It was a brother to the uh, king of Abomey who you know, that was basically the headquarters of the Dahomey kingdom. So we found that a lot of people have these connections. Now we go back into history and try to understand, okay, how were these people taken? What was going on during that time? You know, what were the circumstances that they could have been, you know, and who are they related to here that we can connect to a ship and connect to that that particular village. Um, so it's just, for me, it's, it's fascinating. It's emotional. It's such a, um, it, it is such a organic way of putting our families back together. That is so, so important. And I say this all the time, Africa cannot survive without African people, whether in the diaspora or on the continent. We need to find ways and continue to find ways to reconnect our families, bring them back together. We Africans are strongest when our families are intact. So if there's a way, and this is a perfect way, that we can say, you, your cousin is in this village we're going to take you there. We're going to reconnect you to them. You're going to be able to talk to them on the phone, find out who their moms are, who their grandparents are, find out what their, what their culture is, what their traditions are, so that you, you can feel like, okay, my ancestors left this legacy for me to find, and the legacy was the DNA that now is used to help them retrace the steps of their people. This is so exciting. Now, when you're, you you said you would go to various kingdoms and countries, tell us the different kingdoms and countries, because I also have some other questions to ask you, but I think this might be a good place for us to find out where are all the various places you're talking to people about taking a DNA test. Okay. So, of course, Cameroon. Um, Cameroon has over 250 uh, different ethnic groups, but within Cameroon there are maybe 10, 20 major um, kingdoms in Cameroon. Mm -hmm. So we are Mm -hmm. looking into into those, and we'll be doing those very soon. Um, We just got back from Nigeria where we uh, did DNA samples in one of the oldest evil villages, if not the oldest evil village in um, in Nigeria, um, the Erie, and we did we tested the royals from that kingdom, um, and then we will soon be testing uh, more Yorubas from Nigeria. As you know, um, in, during the slave trade, there were a lot of Yorubas that were taken out of that land called Nigeria. Um, because of the the Dahomey Kingdom's wars, you know, with each other and that sort of thing. Um, We have gone to Cote d'Ivoire and um, have done testing with the Sinufu. 
Um, we have done the Gan of Ghana and the Krobo, who also came and migrated from Nigeria. Um, we will be doing uh, Mali uh, because we find that uh, it's very interesting dynamics how um, you find that a lot of the Africans in particular that we've tested in, in the central part of, of Africa, are they all have some sample DNA from Mali. Uh, so we'll be doing that. Um, and some of our other countries will be Angola, uh, for instance. And then we're hopeful that, you know, we'll go to Ethiopia and, and, um, and test there as well. So, you know, we're, we're doing this strategically based on the slave trade at first, but we're also mm-hmm. looking at some of the kingdoms that are still viable and still in this, you know, um, it, on the continent and, and hoping to uh, get approvals from the, the kings um, and the queens to do, do their testing. So this is the beginning of a very long process that we're going to go through. So, you know, be hopeful that, um, you know, we will have more tests that come in and uh, you will be able to see whether or not you're related to um, the royals of Africa. Now, I just heard you say that you you first seek approval from the kings yes. and queens before a test is administered. Have you yeah. uh, received any resistance in any of the the kingdoms, uh, the countries that you've gone to, when asking for individuals to have their DNA tested? Absolutely not. Um, as a matter of fact, um, we have so much support from the kingdoms. Um, they believe and they know that in order for their their families to be, like I said before, their families to be whole, the entire family needs to come back. So there is this sense from the kings and the queens of the villages and the kingdoms that we've been in contact with that this is such an important project for them to support because of the implication of their families returning back to them. So mm-hmm. no push pushback, no pushback, complete support, complete understanding. Um, yeah. So since you've started this testing, what percentage of the tests are through ancestry uh, family tree DNA and 23andMe. We have only used ancestry. So, okay. Yeah, we have only used ancestry, but uh, but there are other Africans that are using 23andMe, but we have only taken the ancestry test to um, to the various countries. And uh, as of to today, how many individuals have you tested? Oh, um, well, I think uh, maybe 30, maybe 30. Mm-hmm. So, so, so this is, you know, like I said, it's the beginning 
of something bigger. Um, and, and, you know, it's also important for us with this particular project to make sure that we are getting the kingdoms. And as you know, in Africa, you know, we've changed so much. There are villages, but not so much. The, the kingdoms are not as, as they used to be. So we're making sure that we get the line and we get the, you know, the, 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 the kings, the, the, the community, um, the families, the royal families, um, and that's, that's what it's all about. Um, so we, you know, we do have additional kits. We are on our way back to Benin uh, for the Voodoo Festival in January, and um, we're hopeful that we'll be able to get um, a few more um, kingdoms um, tested. Okay, uh, some individuals are having trouble logging in, but I'm getting some questions by way of my cell phone. They're texting me. So uh, okay. one question I have is, uh, when will the Royal Resorts results start to show up um, on the, in the DNA tests? I mean, have you started seeing a lot of them, or has it just started? So we have a, um, a, face, a Facebook group called the DNA Matches of African Royal DNA Project. So mm-hmm. we are putting all the results on there. But if you follow the directions that I just said at the beginning, and if you have any questions, you can email us after you've gone through GEDmatch. You can email us, and then we will, um, and then you know the names will be on there, and we will confirm whether they're, they're royals and part of the program. And on GEDmatch, when we're looking, what we see African Royal Project, or how is it identified on GEDmatch? So it will be, it will be the names, um, and that's kind of why you need to send us an email um, after you've gone through GEDmatch. Um, you register, you wait 24 hours, and then you log into Genesis account and click your Genesis kick number. That will be in blue letters to the left of your name. It will have nine characters starting with two letters. And then look on the list of DNA matches for the following email, royaldna at dnatestedafricans.cbass. You then know that it's part of the Royal DNA Project. Oh, wow. How exciting. Yeah. How exciting. Yeah. So yeah. I have a question, although you may have answered it, but I'll, I'll throw it out anyway. How will we know mm-hmm. through our DNA matches that it's part of the African Royal DNA Project if it has not yet hit uh, jet match? And the person is still, I mean, the results are showing up on Ancestry, and individuals are are finding that they're matching Africans, but they don't know if it's part of your project. Okay. So if, uh, like I said, the, the email, if the email it comes up, royaldna at dnatestedafricans.org, then you will know. Oh, it comes so up check, on Ancestry. Right. Okay, okay. Okay, right. great. And it's managed by, by, it's managed by Chinieri Njoku on Ancestry. But, but that is all 
you know, same thing, Royal DNA at DNA Tested org. Oh, okay. And then I have another yes. question that's coming in because you mentioned Genesis. Uh, so there's a question mark. What is Genesis? That is, uh, so it, it's now, Jedmatch uh, is now genesis.jedmatch.com. So it's now the new name for Jedmatch. Okay. And then there's a question about kids. Uh, if kids are, are testing, and how are you monitoring the kids on Ancestry? Children, you mean? Yes. I'm, I'm going strictly by questions that I'm being asked, yes. Okay. So, so we don't – so typically speaking, when we test um, – uh, so when we test the royals, we don't typically test. Uh, first of all, we don't test the the young ones, and then it's not by age, you know. So you you're not going to know if, if somebody's a child or not um, mm-hmm. when you see the results. And and we don't we typically do not test young people. Um, okay. So we're we're trying to find the oldest line, right? So we're looking for mm-hmm. the elders. We're looking for the people that w- were sort of the head of the royal families, right? So mm-hmm. those people are the ones that we are looking for in okay. the African Royal DNA Project. Got you. Now I'm, mm-hmm. I'm being asked for you to define uh, the royals. What, what does that mean? From from, a, from a, an American hearing you speak of a royal family in Africa, they're not quite sure historically what that means. So, can you explain what that means? So, Africa had a lot of um, kingdoms. Um, various countries had kingdoms before uh, colonialization before the slave trade. So Mm -hmm. some of those kingdoms, the leaders are still around. In other words, they are, the descendants are still um, kings and queens of those kingdoms. So for instance, um, the uh, Odudua from, um, from Ileife, the king is still the, the Oni, is still the Oni, and his line is passed down from his great-great-great-grandparents. So he's still the Oni. He is still the leader of the people of Ileife. So he is considered a royal because just like in British royalty, you have the monarchy, and it is mm-hmm. passed down from generation to generation. There's no difference. In our case... The difference was during slavery, there was a lot of um, issues, and some kingdoms were annihilated. Some kings were killed off without, you know, but we still, and that's why I said that there are still kingdoms out there, um, and we look for them, and we search for them, and we get those particular ones that are still viable. For instance, the kingdom of Porto Novo, and the kingdom of Alada, and the kingdom of 
Abome, which was the Dahomey kingdom, there the king, although he does not have the same strength in his kingdom as he did as his grandparents did, he is still the king of Abome. And he still wears the nose guard that his ancestor wore when the French came in and and uh, captured him and declared that that land was now their land. Wow. So another question that's coming in, will they test the Oni, and I think I'm going to say this right, of Lif? The Oni of Ile Ife? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we are working on getting the Oni's approval to test the kingdom of Ileife. Okay. Okay, and then another question. Um, some of the kingdoms, and again, you may have responded to this, but some of the kingdoms have multiple ruling houses. Will you only test the current sitting rulers, family, or members of various lines? Well, that's kind of a it's kind of a vague question because you know there are very few um, there are very few kingdoms that have multiple ruling families. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I can say that one in particular is the kingdom of Porto Novo, but if you go back and and here's the thing: the difference between the royal line and everybody else. If you go back in the royal line, you can always tell who is a descendant of who. Those mm-hmm. are the people that we go by. They have a list of, you know, where the kingdom started, who was the head of the kingdom, and then their descendant, and then their descendant. So we always go by there. There are some, you know, in maybe some countries, you know, it's kind of an arbitrary question maybe in some countries there might be a brother that says that well I'm the oldest or you know uh, you know I'm I'm the oldest line I should be the oldest but it it clearly states um in black and white in in the kingdom who came first who's who's the descendant of the ancestor who was the first one to start the kingdom and that's what mm-hmm. we go by. And and it, and it also Yeah, but, but also you have to understand that this is what we do is not we're not, you know, kind of uh um what's that word called? Um we're not arbitrarily picking just anybody. We have relationship with these people. We understand who they are, they understand who we are. We Make sure that we are the the line that we're picking is the correct line, but also because we get to know the community, we understand who is the correct person. That's correct. I understand, and I think yeah. that's that's a a, a positive point to uh, yeah. let everyone know that you do understand the community and you have formed the relationship with these individuals. 
so that when the connections are made, you know exactly what's going on. So exactly. I'm going to just, we're going to take a very quick break, come right back, and then continue this discussion. Just a quick break. Okay. Welcome back to Research at the National Archives and Beyond Blog Talk Radio. This is your host, Bernice Alexander-Bennett, with co-host Patricia Glover-Howard in the, ch- in the chat room, and you can join us every Thursday at 9 p.m. Eastern Time, where we will have an expert to share resources, stories, and answer your burning genealogy and history questions. Remember, all of my guests share a deep passion and knowledge of genealogy and history. All of my shows are available as a podcast immediately after the broadcast, and they can be downloaded from Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, TuneIn.com, and Stitcher.com. Well, you have been listening to Ada, Ada Brown, and she has shared with us information on the African Role DNA Project, of which they are working very hard to find ways to reconnect individuals with families in Africa. And that's what this project is all about. And so, Ada, I want you just to share with us even more information about this project. If somebody makes a connection, what what's the plan? I mean, how do you make this connection work? So, um so the next steps, you um do your DNA, you get your DNA results, you go on GEDmatch, you find the the royal DNA at uh, you know, uh, project email, you find a match, and all of a sudden you want to know what to do next? Is that what you're asking? So um, at this point, we have opportunities for you to talk to these people, to um, to get to know the community. Um, we also do naming ceremonies. Um, we also try to connect you to them so that you can go and visit um, and some of these kings are actually, um, you know, sometimes come here. So opportunities for you to meet them, opportunities for you to get a name from the kingdom, um, opportunities for you to speak to them on the phone, email, whatever, opportunities for family reunions, for instance, 
um, one of the big things that we're working on is how do we get these groups of people now to have a family reunion and introduce them to their cousins. So, you know, those are the kind of things that we are, we're working on for next steps. Okay. And so, you know, when I started the show, I mentioned that you were the founder of Roots to Glory Tours. So what, how is this related to what you're doing with Roots to Glory? So what I do with Roots to Glory is I help um, African Americans or Africans in the diaspora reconnect to the continent in a way that is a lasting way, um, in a way that, uh, you know, brings back the families. So I work with these kingdoms, and we make sure that, you know, um, for instance, um, when I was with the king of Alada. One of the things that I said to him, because he is now, um, during the time uh, when um, there was a a, um, a group called the African uh, the African uh, traditional leaders, and they had all these traditional leaders from all these different African countries, and they would meet together and they would talk about how to improve, how to you know how to maintain their culture. One of the things I said to them was that it's also important for 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 Africans to be able to continue to have that cultural identity that makes them who they are, continue to to um, support it, to to um, maintain it, so that when people find their DNA, they connect to their ancestors and they connect to their cousins, they can come back to these villages and actually find villages that are still practicing the cultural practices of the four. Um, it's, it's, it's something that we take for granted that African does, Africa does, you know, uh, pro, they do have progress in certain aspects of their lives. Africans are working just like everybody else. Africans, you know, they work in the cities and on the weekends they go to the village, uh, which is like the country. Um, but it's also important for, for the people that are reconnecting from here to be able to go there and find that culture, those traditions still intact. Um, and so what we do at Roots to Glory is we help support those kingdoms. So we help support them by bringing people to come and participate in their events, um, such as the annual Igbo Festival that takes place in Erie Kingdom in Aguilari, such as the biannual event, the festival that takes place in Cameroon uh, for the, the Bamoon people. Um, this festival has been going on for almost a thousand years, um, such as the Voodoo Festival that takes place in Benin every year. So those are the things that we try to promote and we try to assist in them and, and you know, get them motivated to continue um, and and that's and that's how we that's how we at Roots to Glory help people come back home, but also help the people that are home in Africa connect to the diaspora. And have you so far have you connected a DNA relative from the United States to someone in Africa and actually facilitated the connection? 
Oh, absolutely. Um, we just did a trip to Nigeria. Um, everybody on the trip to Nigeria was DNA tested Igbo, and each one of them had a match in Igbo land. Um, one of the the people that traveled with us, I don't, um, I'm not going to mention his name, but he was able to go to Nigeria, and we were in Lagos, and his relatives, his cousins came and met him where we were at the hotel. So for him, wow. it was just an incredible feeling. You know, he's, he's been talking to his cousins for years, and here he is meeting them in Nigeria. You know, at this, this is just an amazing opportunity to reconnect. And they were treating him just like they would treat anybody else, their brother. It was, a, you know, a young brother that, you know, came from America to visit them. And it was, to me, it was so cool because that's what it's all about. That's what we do. That's why we do what we do for those kind of connections. What really, truly is better than finding your family? What really, truly is better than finding your real family? I don't think anything is. You're right. I mean, just just hearing this this story of being in Africa and connecting with a cousin and yeah. when this connection takes place i mean do they have oral history that can really describe what happened during the slave trade so i don't i don't know if anybody there're very few people that Still have that history, um, and, and it's very interesting um, the dynamics of, of African and some of the villages. There is not, there are not a lot of people that have transferred that um, that story. So you would, you could go to the slave ports, for instance, and learn about where these Africans came from. Not necessarily the villages, but the 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 general area where they came from, but it's very difficult to say, to go into a village and say, you know, can you tell me what occurred in the slave trade? Um, mm-hmm. it, it's just very difficult. I, I, there's some, the elders are not, um, it's either they're not aware or they, perhaps they stop telling the story because, you know, African history is, is oral, it's not written anywhere, so if it's not passed down from generation to generation, it gets lost. So mm-hmm. I have not truly heard in a village that I've been to that our people left from here and they were taken to there and then they were taken to the ship. There are very few people that know that information. Um, but collectively, you could say, for instance, in Cameroon, the Bamlikes can say, okay, well, during the slave trade, we hid in the hills, and we, we hid there until those people left because we didn't want to be caught. We didn't know what was going to happen after, you know, they left or what happened to us if they took us, so we just hid. So that's the kind of stuff that you hear, you don't hear much about, you know, the real details of it, unless you go to the slave ports 
um, and then you hear, like in Badagri, we heard about, you know, some of the, the, the sellings and all of that stuff that occurred. And then we went to the beach where they actually took them to the point of no return. Um, and then, you know, in Ghana, the same thing. We went to the castles and, and heard the stories. And then, you know, we went to the place where they washed the enslaved Africans. They washed them and got them ready to be sold. Um, you know, those kind of things. But not any detail. Why? Because there's a question that's coming up. Do any of the families uh, have a story about someone who went missing? Oh, yes. I mean, there's a lot of uh, stories about missing people, Um, you know, especially in uh, Sierra Leone. Um, As you know, Sierra Leone's history is a little bit different. Um, And then also Nigeria, Um, you know, there are stories. I've heard stories of people saying that, uh, you know, their their great-grandmother or somebody went missing and they could not figure out where she went. So I've mm-hmm. heard those stories quite a bit. But, you know, nobody's really going to understand. Because, honestly, I think a lot of times that information was kept from the Africans. They didn't want them to understand what happened afterwards. And, and, you know, they don't teach you history about the slave trade in Africa. They don't teach you history about the slave trade after the shores, you know. So it's us that are going back and helping them understand the slave trade and its impact on the continent and the slave trade's impact in the Americas. So when I go back, I have to tell them, and I typically bring with me pictures of South Carolina and the plantations there, and some of the mm-hmm. some of the things that they do, the fishermen, and and I and I try to go through this history, you know, with especially with the kings, because when the kings and those kingdoms know the history, they can pass it down to their people, and it's easier. So I try to tell them, listen. Those, that history that you know up until the point of no return, it continues on the other side. Here's what yes. happened on the other side. So that you know that when your brothers and sisters truly connect, you need to understand what the journey of their ancestors were during the time when they were enslaved. Right. Right, and also, you know, how the the emotional impact of them right. returning home. Exactly. So they could really understand what's going on. Exactly. And how, exactly. And how that feels, how how it really feels, because right now, I mean, they guess, oh, he's coming back, but you know, who left? And that's that's exactly. part of the story, as you said. That that's that's the part right. that they need to hear uh, of what happened. Right. So and, how and can I feel the like, po- go ahead? Yeah, wait, one more thing. I feel like I have to explain on both sides because I mm-hmm. I you know I'm an I'm an American and I'm an African, and I feel like I understand both sides. So I, when I'm there on the continent. And, and that's one of the reasons why I travel before. Um, before I do a trip, I usually go and, and meet the folks and, and, 
and I tell them the story. And so, I, you know, I tell them the story with the anticipation that they will have a different welcome than what they thought they might have. You know what I'm saying? And so, yes. but here, I also prepare the Americans that, you know, when you go there, don't expect it to be what you thought it was going to be. You have to have an open mind. And one of the things I tell people all the time, you know, when you're in Africa, there are certain things that you would never think that, you know, you would have problems with. Electricity is one of them. You would never think that Nigeria would have a problem with electricity, for instance. Um, And I tell people, bring flashlights. When you go there, you might have issues with electricity. But I can safely say that the group that we've had, after the third blackout, everybody was just, we just continued talking because it was something that they were prepared for and they accepted that Africa is not necessarily where you want it to be. It is still a developing um, continent and it has very, it has stages of development in each country. So you can have countries that have, oh my goodness, you know, five-star hotels and all the luxury, lap of luxury, uh, you know, uh, Cayennes, Porsches, um, in, in Nigeria, especially with Bentleys and all these things, and then you go to the village and you would think you're in a different country. So, you know, preparing everybody for the expectations of what it's like on the ground. Yes, and it sounds like, I mean, it's extremely important to do that preparation so that you don't have people yes. going over there and they have one expectation and they're seeing something else and they're upset. Exactly. Exactly. Now, there's exactly. a comment coming out, uh, coming from Angela, Angela Walton Raji, and she says her African in-laws are always fascinated by her genealogical efforts, and they want to know more about African Americans. Are you finding that when you go over to Africa, that they want to know more about African Americans? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, You know, back in 2010, when um, we did a trip to Cameroon, um, was actually the first time that Cameroonians, you know, the ones that never left the country, had seen African-Americans, if you can believe it. Some places Hmm. that we went to in Cameroon, they had never seen African-Americans before, ever, ever. So, you know, so it's it's almost like, and when I take my kids who, you know, they're teenagers, typical American teenagers, when I take them to Cameroon, they always ask me, Mom, why are they staring at me? And I have to tell them, well, they're staring at you because you're like something they they look at on TV. You know, you've got the the swagger of an American. Um, I was telling somebody the other day. I said, American culture is so um, it dominates so much um, the the lives of um, African teenagers that when they see Americans, it's it's like oh my good, like you know. It's like seeing your superhero uh, in the flesh and, and, you know, Americans, how they talk and they've got this swagger and they've got, you know, this, this, 
you know, language that I, you know, sometimes I don't understand. But, you know, it's something that's very cool and it's very current. And so when they go there, and especially my kids, everybody just stares. They just stare at them. You can be as hip as you want in Africa, but when an American comes and they're hip, you're, you just have to stop and stare because <laughs> it's just, <laughs> it's like my hat's off to you, brother. <laughs> wow. You know, but it's, but it's, it is absolutely fascinating because I feel like, you know, we, we as Africans have, have been able to create such a culture, such a rich culture in Africa, in Europe, in America, in the Caribbean, in India, in Asia, I mean, in, you know, China, we are so incredibly rich and strong and, and resilient. And, you know, we are probably the best assimilators of, of, and, and, you know, uh, of of other people's culture, and we take it and we run with it, and we create this this magic. And and so when when you know Americans land on the continent, it's like someone said to me at a Nigeria trip. She said, "I feel like a superstar." I said, "Are a superstar <laughs> because you are a superstar," and that's that's what it's about. Yeah, but you know the the other part of that is that they are also descendants of survivors, and they're strong. Yes, yes. And so, yes. so, so yes. I mean, your ancestors were brought here. Every everyone who's African American, they had an ancestor that came from Africa. And exactly. so, th- I guess that is something to, to to be very very proud of as being a survivor. Oh, yeah. But then going exactly. back home and meeting those cousins, I mean, that is mm-hmm. an experience that I would think everyone would want to have uh, before yes. they close their eyes, they, that they yes. made that, that trip and connected with a relative. So how right. can the public help with this project? Well, um it, it, this is very simple. If you know an African and um, talk to them about doing their DNA, make sure that they understand what it means to you and your family for them to do their DNA. We're trying to change the narrative on Africans doing their DNA. Some of them you ask, okay, well, I don't need to do my DNA. I know where I come from. Well, do you really know where you come from? One. And two, you're doing it so that you can help others. And that's kind of what we need everybody to be talking about that. You meet an African, you ask them, can you please do your DNA so that we can know if we're related to you or if we, you know, what village we come from. What We, we want to go home, but we want to know where our home is, and you could help us mm-hmm. tremendously by by doing that. So that's, that is the most important thing that, the public can help with, you know, at this point. Um, and mm-hmm. the more people in the diaspora do it, the more people in Africa will do it. And the more people in Africa want to do it, you will find that all the kings are going to call and say, okay, let's come. Come, bring your machines, and we'll do what you want us to do. So how do they get the kit? 
um, they can go on um, the website for Ancestry, uh, which is um, Ancestry.com, uh, and get a kit. Um, they can also use 23andMe and any other of the testing companies. But um, that Ancestry uh, is the one that we work with, um, so you know they can use any of them, really. Now, with Ancestry, do you have a special price for Africans to, uh, if they cannot afford the kits? Um, if they cannot afford the kits for Africans, um, no, we don't. Not yet. But perhaps we should uh, look into that. And there's a, another question. How do Africans in Africa get the kits? Well, um, the African Royal DNA Project, um, we take the kits to Africa, do the testing, and bring them back. So Africans would only get kits if somebody here brought it to them. That's the ones that are there, that Africans in the diaspora so here can go online and do, you know, purchase a kit. Okay, so the Africans in the diaspora may not necessarily be part of the a king or a queen. They wouldn't be the royals. But you're still saying that if we know any Africans, we should still encourage yeah. them to test. Exactly. Because one okay. really leads to another. Yes. One leads yes. to another. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, so your kits are actually just distributed to the royals. Exactly. Just for the royal DNA program, but just for the royal but, DNA. But, but the broader picture is that you want exactly. to encourage Africans to test. To test. Exactly. Exactly. So, what are the next steps? Um, the next step is we're going to continue doing what we're doing, continue testing the royals, and um, and assisting people to to get uh, connected to them. Um, you know, every year we have these naming ceremonies, and typically speaking, we have a royal that attends um, some of these. Um, in the in the summer, we have two naming ceremonies: one for Cote d'Ivoire and then one for Nigeria, which takes place in Stanton, Virginia, at the Igbo village. And then, uh, <coughs> excuse me, and then at the end of August, we have um, in Hampton, Virginia, another naming ceremony. Um, and then, I don't know if you guys know this, but 2019 is the 400th celebration of, or the commemoration of 400 years of the landing of the first Africans in North America. Okay. So we'll be we'll be celebrating that in Hampton, Virginia. Okay. Okay. You want to drink some water? <laughs> yes, please. Okay. Well, and that sounds so exciting though. Um so there's a question. Are you working with the Yoruba community in D.C., Virginia, and Maryland? We work with the Yoruba community in Yoruba land in Nigeria. 
Okay. But we work with okay. the Igbo community in Washington D.C., Virginia, and um, and and um, typically attend their international Igbo festival in Stanton, Virginia, every year. Okay. So um, tell us the names of the the Facebook page that you would like people to to join so that they could stay on top of of what's happening with DNA tested Africans and um and also once again tell them how they can uh find out more about the royals. Okay. So there is a Facebook page called um DNA tested uh, descendants. There's Yoruba, there's uh Igbo, there's all different um ethnic groups that that are out there. Uh, for these um, groups, um, and then there's also um, um, the DNA. Okay, so when you do the matches and you find that you do have a royal match, then um, the DNA-tested African descendants, um, the African Royal DNA Project is also out there. It's a private group, and what we do in that group, we share pictures, of the, the the world that we've taken their DNA, and uh, we share information about where you can meet them and and that sort of thing. Um, we share information about their kingdom, where it's located. Um, so all of that. So if you're on Facebook, uh, check out some of these groups. Um, join the group so that you can keep um, tabs of what we're doing, what's going on, um, so that you know events happen. Um, then you can attend. And also, if you are interested in traveling to some of these places, of course, we have uh, a few trips going on next year. We're going to Ghana. We're going to Cameroon in April. We're going to Cote d'Ivoire in September. And um, and I think that's it for next year. And then the following year, we're going to Nigeria um, um, back to the, the festival. So, Okay. Um, you, know, you, you can you can and reach so us, for individuals uh, our, interested. Go ahead. You can reach us on our Facebook page, also Roots to Glory uh, Tours, or our website is www.rootstoglory.com. Okay. So, any parting words before we close out tonight? Um, I just want to say thank you very much, ladies, for having me on your show tonight. Um, uh, I think it's very important that we continue the dialogue on um, reconnecting to our our country of origin, but also to our people. Connecting cousins um, is very important. Uh, it changes lives both here and in on the continent. You'd be surprised how many times I've I've gone and and uh, and I'm in Africa somewhere and somebody says, you know, I found out that I'm related to X person and I'm just so overjoyed. So they are they're very excited and they want the connection and we all should want the connection because truly what happened to our people, you know, those years ago is is unbelievable. And I think it's time that we put our house back in order. Um, and this is a, a great starting point to do that. So thank you so much again for listening and for having me on the show. 
Well, thank you so much for sharing this information and for being the founder of this Royal Project. So we certainly uh, appreciate what you and uh, Nadja are doing uh, to help reconnect everyone with their families. So I also want everyone to, to understand that your ancestors left footprints. Therefore, you should follow the clues that are presented to you through oral history, family records, and research at the National Archives and beyond. You can continue this discussion on the research at the National Archives and beyond and AfroGenius Facebook pages. And also remember to listen to the African Roots podcast with Angela Walton Raji, and also watch for the Black Progen Live in 2018 with host Nika Sewell Smith. Thank you so much for joining research at the National Archives and beyond, and we look forward to you joining us next week. This is your host, Bernice Alexander Bennett, with co-host Patricia Glover Howard. Good night, everyone. Good night, Ada. Good night.